when you get down and you have those days where you don't believe as much and you know things aren't working out, how do you get out of it? A few things. Number one, I try to stop and take a breath and like think about the overall situation and how I got to where I am and what I could possibly do to get out of it or to improve. Um, number two, I write down my gratitude. Um, so I try to do this every day. I mostly do this every day, and that's to write down the things that I'm grateful for. And it reminds me that no matter how hard or bad things are, there are always things that I can be grateful for and always mm. good things in my life. And then the last and probably the biggest thing I would say is just talking to other people. I talk to my wife all the time about what I'm doing with business. I'm a member of a couple different mastermind groups, actually three right now, um, with people that know me pretty well. And if I get in my own head and feel like, oh, I'm not making enough progress, but I share some of the things I'm doing, they can easily come and say, well, no, Andy, actually look at all these things you've accomplished. Look at how far you've come. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we're back. Andy, welcome to the show, man. Good to see you on the other side, turning the tables. Welcome to University of Adversity, brother. Hey, thanks, Lance, for having me here. I appreciate it. Uh, we had such a great conversation on my podcast, and I am looking forward to continuing it here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, I loved being on your show because you can tell you've, you've done it for a while. You've, had, you've done podcasting because you really... Uh, you really hold a great container and allow people to speak and, you know, you listen and you, you don't interrupt in certain areas. It was just, it was a great experience and I really appreciate it. So I, I highly recommend all you guys listening to go uh, check out Andy's podcast. Uh, you got a couple, right? You got, you got own your life, yeah. own your career or own your career, own your life show. And then you have talent development hot seat, right? That's right. So the talent development hot seat is more of my business show for right. people who work in corporate talent development, learning and development training, right. and then the own your career podcast being more towards career development and personal development. Um, you know, how do you take more ownership of your career and, and find more fulfillment in your life? Great. And I'm excited to get into that because it's so important to understand what that even means. And, you know, for those of the listeners out there who are just learning about you now for the first time, I would love if you could take us back a little bit and give us a little bit about your story. You know, where you think would be the best place to start. I know it's a it's a broad question, but I always encourage people go with the point where you feel is the best place and let's walk through your journey a little bit. Yeah, certainly. Um, so I grew up in uh, Orlando, Florida, where I am now, and uh, I'd say I had a pretty normal, uh, quote, normal childhood. Um, but one interesting thing, so I know you like to talk about uh, adversity and challenges and things, is that when I was eight years old, my parents got divorced. And my dad moved away, but nearby, and I still saw him every week until I was 18 and went off to college. And and both, I'd say, handled it pretty well. And I always thought, like, this is not a big deal. This is just my life. Um, but I bring that up because Years later, as an adult, I realized that that still had a profound impact on me and my mindset and the way I grew up and the way I interacted with people. And that I still, you know, to this day, I've done a lot of personal development, a lot of work on myself. We can get into all that. Um, but for a long time, I harbored some strong feelings about that that I didn't realize, you know, until just a couple of years ago doing more deep inner work. But that was the kind of first 
probably a bit of adversity that I faced. Um, but, you know, I got through high school. I went to the only thing place I wanted to go for, for college was the University of Florida, where my dad went to school and luckily got in there and, and um, spent four years at University of Florida in Gainesville, where I met my wife, Courtney. Um, and after college, we moved out to California, <clears throat> kind of on a whim, um, just to go out to L.A. We had no jobs, no money no connections. And uh, it was extremely challenging dealing with the crazy traffic and the cost of living. Um, we, you know, we started with temp jobs. I, I just decided I wanted to get into entrepreneurship, even though there were no entrepreneurs in my family. I didn't know anybody was an entrepreneur. Uh, I had read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, which kind of introduced me to this concept. And I was like, oh, I want to try my hand at this. And so I joined a couple startups. I started a company with a friend, um, started another startup with another friend, and all of them failed miserably. Like none of them went anywhere. The startups I joined, I had absolutely terrible managers. Um, to this day, I remember just, you know, complete tyrants. Uh, and so I learned early on, you know, what not to do as a leader. And, um, you know, had this kind of experience of, of failure after failure. And then I kind of gave up on that dream and decided, okay, I need to go back to the, I need to go to the corporate world and try to make some money. And so a friend got me a job. Um, I got into the insurance world, working some kind of boring insurance jobs, but decent money. Went back to school, got my MBA. Um, luckily, got into a really cool consulting job with a great company called BTS, thanks to a friend of mine who had started working there and got me the job. And they moved me up to San Francisco and had a, just like this whole like great life when that happened, because I'd been so frustrated in my career. I'd been kind of drifting, not knowing what I wanted to do. Every job didn't seem to leverage my strengths. And then I discovered this, this consulting job, this company that really started to leverage a lot of my strengths and was kind of a dream job for me because it allowed me to start uh, working with different clients, uh, traveling all over the world, getting on stage, running workshops um, for leaders and executives. And I was teaching finance and leadership and business acumen and things like that and traveling all over the world and, and kind of watching and seeing what people did and what made them successful or not successful. And also kind of seeing a lot of people sort of drifting through their careers as well, operating in reaction mode, waiting for other people to tell them what to do. And I, I kind of, you know, packed that away in my brain as I, as I went on. And then in 2016, you know, I was working this job, married with uh, a, a, a daughter and one more kid on the way. And life seemed like it was pretty good on paper, um, making six figures, you know, doing well. But I felt like something was really missing. You know, like something was, there was like a hole in my life. I didn't know what it was. And I had never been exposed to really into any type of personal development before. But it was that year that I got into personal development because I read a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod after I heard him on a podcast mm. uh, in early 2016. And I got that book and read it right away. It absolutely changed my life. I started practicing The Miracle Morning, started meditating every day, um, using, you know, reading more, using a journal more, affirmations, visualization, all these things that are part of his The Miracle Morning, which for those that aren't familiar with it, he basically took... He went out on a, on a research mission and, and found, you know, what are the most common success practices of the most wealthy or successful people? And he put these six things, meditation, affirmations, visualization, reading, writing, and exercise into one morning routine. The idea is you get up an hour earlier than normal and, and do this every day. And so I started doing that, getting up at 5 a.m. every day and doing this stuff and <clears throat> started reading a lot more books. Um, and then I started listening to a lot more podcasts and realized and doing a lot more self-reflection and realizing that. I really am drawn. I really am drawn to entrepreneurship again. Like this is something that I think is what I want to do. I'd like to run my own business. I don't like having a boss. 
And uh, so I started learning as much as I could. I started a podcast about entrepreneurship so I could interview entrepreneurs like you and learn as much as I can. And um, that led me down the road to making more connections, eventually leaving my job as at the consulting company to become an independent consultant. Um, I've since launched a second podcast. I've launched a conference and a membership community and published a book last year called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. Um, and I've accomplished a lot of these things because I've invested so much in learning and growth and I've just started surrounding myself with great people, uh, joining mastermind groups, hiring coaches, all the things that I'm sure you're an advocate of as well. Um, and, you know, doing this while raising a family and, and trying to, you know, sort of achieve this life of, of freedom where I can have an impact on the world and also live the life that I want. Um, and then recently, uh, I've gone through some health challenges as well, which we we can talk about. Mm. But I want to stop there to you know, yeah. Any questions I, I, I want to kind of unpack a few story. things. Yeah, no, that's great. Yeah. I I love that, and I do like your health stuff that you went through is like going to be the second part because that's that's powerful stuff. Also, I just want to go back to your entrepreneurial journey in the beginning. You know, it's interesting because you know we talked about failure, I believe, on your show, and and even you know, what that definition is before you do any personal development work is usually a lot different. You know, it's very, yeah. you know, we become a victim to circumstances quite easily if you don't have the tools. So my question for you is like, what do you think the reason is aside from, you know, maybe the not the right fit of people, like what are some of the things that you look back in hindsight now are reasons that they didn't work out? Is it because you didn't have the right, the right mindset or, you know, when you have to reflect on that, what do you think the reasons are? Yeah, I've been reflecting on this recently, and there's a couple things that I think are the the main reasons behind this. And these are lessons that you know anybody can take from this. Number one is my mindset and my approach at the time. So uh, I'm a big fan of a book called Mindset by Dr. Carol Dweck, uh, where she talks about the difference between you know everyone having one of two mindsets, either a fixed mindset or a growth mindset, a fixed mindset, meaning that, you know, you kind of believe that you're, you're smart or you're not, you're creative or you're not, you're good at something or you're not. And if you're not, you can't really, you can't really get good at it or improve with it uh, because your, your mind, your mindset is kind of fixed. Um, with a growth mindset, you believe that we can always get better. We can always improve in things. If you try something and it doesn't work, that's a great opportunity to try again and improve. Right. Mm. And I think I grew up with a very fixed mindset. Um, my parents, you know, no, no discredit to them. They're they're fantastic people, and they put a big focus on education because they were both educators and getting good grades. But that was like all the pressure was there, and so I think I had a fixed mindset around, um, you know, success. If you're if you're good at something, then you know you'll be successful at it. And if you're not successful at something, then that means you're probably not good at it. And so right. I think that had because of that mindset, I had a propensity to give up on things easier. Right. Um, if something wasn't working out, I wasn't pretty, probably very good at it. So I'll quit and go try something else. And so I think I quit a lot of things a lot earlier than I could have or should have um, mm. because of my mindset. The second thing that I'll say about those startups and and you know some of the things we started were probably doomed to fail in the beginning. But give us an example. Of really, things I, I want to hear. Like, do, can you? Well, give okay. So. Um, <laughs> So first, there's a couple of companies I went to work for, and one of them was a company, uh, a guy started a billiard company uh, selling billiard tables on eBay. And this is this is 2003, 
That doesn't so sound like, like a bad idea. Like early days yeah. in eBay. It, it doesn't sound like a bad idea. Um, and it wasn't a bad idea. The bad idea was that he was buying them as cheaply as possible. So he was buying like the lowest uh, quality product, uh, selling them for, I think we were selling them for like $1,000. And at the time, a good billiard table would probably be like 5,000. So people were like, oh my gosh, this is a really good deal, right? The problem was they were shoddily made. They were just pieces of garbage, right? Mm. And so, and instead of like owning that, he would just like not respond to people's bad reviews, their complaints. Um, he, he was just a terrible, he was a terrible person, um, to put it quite frankly. Um, you know, like people would leave one star reviews and he would like pay a company to somehow get them changed or removed or something. Everything that's wrong with the internet right now is that exactly everything. Right. So this is, this is like, this started a long time ago. And so I, I met a guy there named Blake and we became really good friends and we were both like, this is terrible. Like we shouldn't be here. We should go start our own company. So we did, but our idea was, um, to find like cool vintage t-shirts and basically sell them on eBay. We had a lot of experience selling things on eBay and we would actually go around. We lived in LA, right? So huge population. We would go around to all the Goodwills and thrift stores around Southern California and buy these like cool vintage t-shirts for like $4 or $2 or whatever, and then sell them on eBay for like $25 or something like that. That was kind of the ideal scenario. But the problem was there wasn't really enough inventory out there for you know, to, for that to be a sustainable business for both of us. And the margins weren't always that great either. Once you throw in shipping and our time and all the stuff that went into it, like it, it just didn't work for, you know, two people doing this. We got a system down, but, you know, like I said, I don't think that business was necessarily set up for success, but at the same time, you know, if I, if we had a different mindset about it, maybe we were better partners and I think we collaborated fairly well, but we, we definitely had some differences. Uh, maybe we could have been, it made it more successful. We started making our own t-shirts or something like that. So that leads me to like my, my second point or reason why I don't think things worked out was I didn't have a strong enough purpose or reason behind it. I wasn't entirely dedicated to it. Right. So at the time, I was trying all these things. And if you ask me like, why do you want to do this stuff? I'd probably just say like to make money and I don't, I don't want to work for somebody else and I need to make money. Like that's not really a really compelling reason to be starting and running a business. And you and I both know, I mean, you talk to a lot of people who overcome adversity. Um, you really need to have a strong why or purpose or reason for doing the thing you're doing. Otherwise you just get crushed by adversity, yeah. crushed by challenges, right? I mean, classic example I always give is very simple, right? Like if you decide you want to lose weight and go to the gym more often, unless you have a really good reason for that, then like day five is going to hit and you'll be like, yeah, I don't really want to go. I'm tired. And if you don't have a really compelling reason, like you're not going to go. But if you're like, no, I need to lose 20 pounds before this wedding or, you know, uh, to because I need to get in better shape to play with my kids or whatever, like you need that compelling reason. Mm. And I just don't think I really had much of a driving force or a strong determination. It was just kind of like, oh, this is a cool thing to do and I hope it works out. Um, and so therefore, like when when challenges came up and it was like, ah, I don't think this is working, it's a lot easier to quit. And, and I did when I didn't have that compelling reason. And, and compare that with today, I'm running my own business today, building a brand and building a business. And I have so much determination and energy and passion behind what I'm doing and a huge reason, um, you know, I want to, I want to make a bigger impact on the world. I've got a family to support. Uh, and I am like declared my passion and love for entrepreneurship that I'm never going to go back and work for anybody else. So I have to make this work, mm. right? Like I'm going to do whatever I can to make it work. And, and so it's a big difference when I think about 
my approach to entrepreneurship today versus, you know, in my early twenties when I was just like trying to do things and it didn't work. Mm. When you get, when you get down and you have those days where you don't believe as much and, you know, things aren't working out, how do you get out of it? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. So there are a few things. Number one, I try to stop and take a breath and like think about the overall situation and how I got to where I am and what I could possibly do to get out of it or to improve. Um, number two, I write down my gratitude. Um, so I try to do this every day. I mostly do this every day and that's to write down the things that I'm grateful for. And it reminds me that no matter how hard or bad things are, there are always things that I can be grateful for and always mm. good things in my life. And that's an easy way for me to remember that even if things don't work out in my business, even if I have to go back and get a job, or even if I end up on the streets, which is like so unrealistic, but so many people go there right, with their with their visions, their minds, right? As long as I have my family, my wife and my kids, like I'm going to be fine. I don't care. That's all I really care about. Yeah. Um, so that helps. And then the last and probably the biggest thing I would say is just talking to other people. I talk to my wife all the time about what I'm doing with business. I'm a member of a couple different mastermind groups, actually three right now, um, with people that know me pretty well. And if I get in my own head and feel like, oh, I'm not making enough progress, but I share some of the things I'm doing, they can easily come and say, well, no, Andy, actually look at all these things you've accomplished. Look at how far you've come and kind of remind me of that and give me more perspective because mm -hmm. we lose sight of that sometimes, especially if we're really ambitious and things are not going as fast as maybe we'd want them to. Uh, sometimes we have good friends or coaches or you know mastermind buddies or whatever who can give us a little bit more perspective and be like, you know where you were a year ago? Look where you are now. Look what you're trying to do. You're only this age. You have plenty of time. Uh, and that always like helps. It makes me feel better, especially because I'm, I'm surrounded often by pretty successful people and they are usually affirming the things that I'm doing, which gives me more like, you know, confidence and motivation to keep going. Mm. Yeah. It's important to have a, a, a circle of people that you can lean on, you know, because sometimes you can't see what they see. And I find that really interesting because anybody that I know in my life, I have, I feel like I have a good way of, of seeing in like, this is what I've noticed in sports too. And as a leader, when I was coaching in the bars for many years was I had ability to be able to see something that somebody sometimes couldn't. And I, I love to highlight that. And I think, certain people are able to do that. And I think it's important that we really highlight that within people. Like if you see something that, that they may not know, then we got to tell them, we got to like, mm -hmm. you know, especially if they're not feeling, you know, up to their, you know, usual potential or, you know, their vibe that they normally have, because it's yep. easy for people to get in their own heads and to doubt themselves. And then somebody else has to come there and be like, look, do you realize where you've come, just like you said, like, you know, and, and kind of remind you, cause you're like, oh yeah, I'm all right. You know, I'm okay. Yeah, <laughs> I've done this yeah. and, and, and the celebrating those wins along the way. It's like, cause sometimes we want to, we want the end result and that's the only thing we celebrate, but yet it's the little wins around the, along the way that are actually the things that create that fulfillment, not the big thing. And right. I love that. I think it's important that we lean into that and we have a circle of, of influence that will, will tell you when you need, you know, when, when shit needs to be talked about, you know, where it's like, look, mm -hmm. you're doing well, you know, 
Think about that. Yeah. <laughs> like you're and, good and at you, this, you know? Yeah. And you want people who can push you and challenge you a little bit, totally. but also who can maybe recognize that, hey, if you're facing a challenge right now, it's okay that it's maybe not going as well or as fast as you would like it to. So it's great to have people around you who can push you and challenge you and also remind you of all the things that you've accomplished in the last week, month, year, whatever it may be. Um, it's also great to have people who can support you through those challenging times and remind you that like, it's okay to take a break sometimes. So mm. I know we were going to talk about the health challenges I've been through. Uh, you know, I was diagnosed with testicular cancer back in November and, and was going through treatment the first four months of this year, 2021. And one of the most frustrating things about it for me was being a really ambitious person. And I had all these big plans for my business and my brand was that I wasn't really able to do a lot of those things. I was kind of sitting on the couch, um, you know, still doing a little bit, but but not that much. And when I would, you know, not necessarily complain, but kind of bring this up with a couple different mentors, uh, you know, two different mentors of mine who reminded me that, hey, you have cancer right now. Like, it's okay to take a break, to rest, take care of your body, you know, remind you of what's your top priority right now. And for me, I had, it was a good reminder, okay, health and family are my top priorities. So it's okay that I'm not growing my business right now. I'm doing all these things to take care of my health uh, and I'll get back to it when I can. And that is exactly what happened right now that we're recording this in you know, nearly July. I'm feeling a lot, I'm, I'm through the worst of it and I'm feeling pretty good and I'm back to building my business. And yeah, I wasn't able to do it during that time, but I had these, you know, these cha this challenging stuff I was going through. And sometimes I would get frustrated with myself, which seems crazy, right? But so it was great to have those mentors, those people around me to remind me like, hey, you know, you're going through some terrible stuff right now. You're taking care of your health, which is the number one thing. The business stuff will be fine. You'll get back to it eventually. Like just focus on what's most important. And so I could go, okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. I'm doing the right thing. And the other stuff will, will be there later. It's frustrating, but you know, it's going to be fine. And it's really great to have people in your corner who can remind you of that as well. So let's get into your, your, you know, battle with cancer. Like I, what was going through your mind when you first found out and yeah. tell us a little bit about, so, you know, you you know, we're going through this pandemic, you know, it's, it hasn't been easy for, for people, you know, all of that. And then you get the news in the beginning of 2021. Right? Is that is that when is that when you got the news? Uh, this, it, this came in uh, October, November of 2020. Basically. Okay, walk us through yeah. how you felt in that moment, and you know maybe some of the emotions and you know your thought process moving forward from that. Yeah, and and 2020 had already been a big challenge as it was for everybody, right? Um, but you know, looking back uh, at when the pandemic hit, my whole business was selling and running in-person training. I was flying around the country, running leadership workshops, you know, in person and COVID shut my whole business down. And I had, you know, I took a, a few days to kind of cry about that and then decided to make a big pivot with my business, launched all these things virtually, a new membership community, a virtual summit. I had been working on this book all year and I was at a place where things were actually going quite well, despite all the challenges. And I hosted this big virtual summit in September 2020. I took a, a week-long vacation with my family and um, got back with these plans to, okay, now go into the, the launch of my book, which was going to come out in November. And I was really excited about everything that was going on in life. But at the same time, I started experiencing 
uh, a lot of abdominal pain and, and discomfort, and it was getting worse and worse. And I finally went to see some doctors and eventually got to a urologist uh, who, who told me that I probably have testicular cancer. I need to get my testicle removed. Uh, and he said he could get me in the next week. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah, this is, this is a big surprise, right? Um, but I've done so much work, inner work, if you will, um, as I mentioned earlier on my mindset and personal development type stuff that I don't often get devastated by things. And so it took me a second, but I was like, okay, this is not what I expected, but this is, this is a challenge that I get to deal with right now. And hopefully it won't be that serious and it won't set me back too much. Um, but let's, let's see where this is going to go. And so I ended up putting that off, I think three weeks to get everything finished with publishing my book. And my wife had some travel. And so I ended up having surgery, uh, two days after I published my book. So I published my book November 16th on the 18th, I went into surgery and had my left testicle removed. And then I was on the couch for a few days. And the hope was that that would take care of it. You know, I, I talked to several people who had gone through testicular cancer. Um, and because I had posted about it on social media, by the way, I connected with so many people uh, that had gone through similar experiences. And for most of them, they caught it early enough that they had their testicle removed and then that was it and they were good. Um, I went in for scans uh, after the surgery. And then in, um, I think early December, I got the results. I met with my oncologist and she told me that it looks like the cancer has spread to your stomach and to your neck. And that's why I had these like giant nodes like, sticking out of my neck. And of course they were recommending I do chemotherapy. And this was where it got really challenging because you know, not only do I have cancer spread across my body, but at this point I had also been doing a lot of research and reading about cancer and nutrition and health. And I've always been really big into sort of natural therapies and, and avoiding like synthetics and chemicals and all that sort of stuff. And always, by the way, always like living a pretty healthy lifestyle, you know, this surprised a lot of people. I was working out five to seven days a week, you know, for the last few years leading up to this. So it's not like I'm an obese or terribly unhealthy person. Uh, so it was really surprising this happened, but it did. I was 40 years old. And um, so now she's saying like, you need to do chemotherapy, which is what is like the, you know, that's the solution for testicular cancer. And I really didn't want to do it. I didn't want to put uh, the chemo on my body. It's, you know, it's a toxic poison. Um, and so I went looking for other uh, solutions. And my wife and I connected with um, some people who had what seemed like it would be a really natural solution. Um, it's sort of off the grid kind of thing. It was a bunch of money. Uh, but we went ahead and invested and, and tried that out. And I think it was working, but too slowly and I had waited too long for this. And so in January, I was in a ton of pain. It was absolutely unbearable. And we got to the point where we just decided, okay, let's do the chemotherapy, let's go to the hospital. And so I went into the hospital and was there for six days in January and did chemotherapy five of those days um, and then got out and it went okay. And even being there during COVID, not terrible. I was allowed one visitor a day. My wife could come every day and, and check in on me. and my mom and kids were able to come down and, and like we can meet outside and that sort of stuff. Um, but the pain didn't necessarily go away. In fact, afterwards I went in to go meet with my oncologist for the next round of treatment and it was getting worse and worse. And it turned out I had uh, pancreatitis, which was really, really painful. I don't recommend it to anyone that's thinking about getting it. Um, <laughs> that's a joke, but it was, yeah, it was really, really painful. Um, but they gave me, they gave me fluids, hydration that made it go down. And I did one more cycle of chemo uh, and all the while still like taking a real ownership mentality to this, this whole cancer journey and like 
I'm going to take responsibility for this. I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to ask a lot of questions. I'm not going to just accept everything the doctors tell me. And my oncologist is great, but I challenged her on a lot of things. And I refused some things that she wanted me to do um, because I wanted to really do the right thing for me and my body. Uh, so I ended up doing two cycles of chemo and then got a scan showing that it was mostly gone and that uh, it's probably going to continue to go away on its own. But the doctors recommended one more cycle of chemotherapy. That's like three weeks of putting chemo in your body. And I spent a weekend thinking about it, deliberating, talking to friends, talking to my wife, and ended up deciding not to do the third cycle of chemo uh, and to skip it and just go go back to my natural, well, not go back. I was doing a lot of natural stuff along the way. I changed my diet, taking tons of different supplements, uh, doing a lot of juicing, doing a lot of different things that I thought would help uh, and could potentially beat the cancer on its own. But in combination with chemo, I think that's what really did the whole thing. And then I went back and invested more money, time, et cetera, and doing more natural stuff. And, um, you know, as of now, it's been a couple of months since I've done treatment and, um, I'm feeling pretty good. I think I'm, I think I'm done with it. Um, but it was a huge, huge challenge. And there were some really, really tough days throughout all of that. Um, but I continue to try to think of it as this is a challenge that I get to go through right now and I'm going to get through this. And, you know, it's going to make me stronger. It's going to allow me to help other people on the other side. Um, you know, I didn't choose it, but it's, it's what I got. It's what I was, the, the hand I was dealt, I guess. And so I'm just going to deal with it. And that's what I did. That's such a great perspective because, you know, that's the only choice to move forward. Right. I mean, yeah. I think some people already decide that they're, this is the interesting thing with cancer. You know, I think certain amount of people if you lose hope then you've kind of decided that road you know and i don't think people mean to but it's you know i lost my dad to to stage four um and he thought he had testicular cancer but it ended mm. up being um pancreatic cancer and, it, mm. and we only had like 48 hours to Oof. get to. And, and for the record i that you're like rating cancers if you want it's, to testicular cancer is one of the most treatable cancers so like it's, it's one of the better ones to get uh, especially compared with pancreatic cancer so well yeah right and here. it's it's wild because you know you get these pains and you know i remember my dad being like i don't know what's going on but like with what you're saying like it's it's such a it's such a scary moment and to be able to it's still so fresh for you too like to have to make those yeah. decisions and you got pressures from people telling you you got to do this and that, and that doesn't work, and you know whatever their their opinions are, and you know how are you feeling? How are you feeling like now? How what's what's the situation with with the cancer? Like where are you yeah. at with it? So you you mentioned tough decisions too. I mean, I said I I was taking the approach that I'm going to own this process, and and it's my body. I'm going to do what's right for me. Um, despite pressure from suggestions from doctors, which means a lot of pressure from family, because unless they're really into the naturopathic approach or whatever, like your family is going to decide for the doctors say, whatever the doctors say you do. Right. And I'm not going to go into a whole rant about mm -hmm. doctors that are our, our US, healthcare, US healthcare you. system, but it's not set up necessarily with your best interests in mind. And so you have to you know, do the research, do your homework when you're facing major health challenges and figure out what's best for you. Um, funny enough, well, not funny enough, but my wife, coincidentally, had gone through cancer also a year before me. She had thyroid cancer. And luckily for her, she, she, had, she was able to have surgery and have her thyroid removed. And then 
did not necessarily require any more treatment. I say necessarily because her surgeon was strongly in favor of her doing radiation. And we did our research on that and found that there are so many bad side effects from it that she ultimately decided not to do the radiation. And I'm so glad that she decided that and she's healthy and fine today. And just like I declined that third cycle of chemo and, um, you know, knock on wood, uh, so far I'm, I'm fine. As far as like the, the status of where we are today, uh, I haven't done, as you and I record this, I haven't done a final scan to see if it's completely gone. Uh, but I feel really good. I'd say I'm back to 90% of where I was before. I'm back going to the gym mm. uh, a few days a week. I'm able to play with my kids and I work a full day and like have energy throughout the day. The biggest difference I notice now, um, and, and I, I, you can't, if you're listening to this podcast, you can't see me, but I lost all my hair. Um, from chemotherapy. And now it's coming back in. It's, it's almost back to the length where, you know, I used to keep it um, for a lot of time. But the biggest difference is I mentioned early in this interview that I was big into the miracle morning. And I love getting up early in the morning to get stuff done, you know, before the kids get up before like the rest of the day starts. And I just can't do that anymore. I'm so sluggish in the morning. Hmm. It's really bizarre. Like it's hard to get up. Um, and I know a lot of people deal with that already naturally. I was the kind of person who would pop up in the morning and I don't know if it's the chemo or what, but you know, but I'm like just dragging to get out of bed. I used well, to your body's probably still, rep- your body's still repairing, right? It's still like, it needs yeah, it's, it's only been a couple of months. Yeah. I mean, exactly. shit, man. Like, you mean, you gain, you got to give yourself some grace because it's, I mean, exactly. See, I need these reminders. You got to be able okay. to man, sleep, 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 sleep. That's the key. You know, yeah, and, and throughout be... this time for seven months, I never set an alarm. Yeah, right? that's I'm great. Let my body sleep as much as it wants to sleep, and and I'd still be up, you know, by eight a.m. But I was used to getting up at, at five, so you know how like we're used to doing things one way, but mm. things change. That's okay. Like that's that's life, and um, and I'm dealing with it, and I'm still like I said, I'm ninety percent. I'm doing fine. That's man, that's so awesome. It's got there's got to be, you know, this is the thing is like we can't see the power of belief. We can't see the power of positive thinking. We can't see what it does. But I really believe that it's a massive, massive factor in healing your body. Totally. Like we can't, this is the thing. Sometimes we can't quantify it just because we can't see it. But man, there's, it's powerful. Yeah. Well, can I say something on that? The power of belief. And I've looked into that as well. And, you know, people ask me for recommendations now because I posted a lot. I shared a lot on social media and my podcast and everything about what was going on. Uh, So now I get people reaching out from time to time asking for advice and I can share, uh, you know, supplements, diet, all that sort of stuff. But when it comes to the mindset, um, that power of belief, I think is really strong. And I recommend optimism and owning it. And, you know, a lot of people ask like how scary, you know, was it really scary going through this? And to be honest, I was frustrating. It was challenging, but I don't know if I was ever scared. I never thought, oh, I'm not going to make it. Like I always was, I was determined like, oh, I'm going to make it through this. It's just going to be hard. That's all. And, and to be fair, like I said, you know, do your research. Testicular cancer is one of the most treatable cancers. There's much worse, you know, out there to get. Um, but I knew no matter what I did, whether I went with the doctors or natural stuff, like I was going to get through this, I was going to make it. So I remained really optimistic, was making plans for the future. Um, and I also doubled down on gratitude. So I mentioned earlier, writing gratitude every, every day. Um, every, even on the hardest days when I like, didn't feel like moving, there were two things I did every single day. Number one was meditate for at least 10 minutes. And number two was write down my gratitude. Gratitude mm-hmm. for everything I have in my life, my family, my business, um, the great 
care I got from doctors and nurses. I mean, the nurses were phenomenal at the hospital I went to. Um, and it got to a place where every day I was writing down that I was grateful for this cancer and for this journey. And I almost like, you know, I don't want to say tricked myself, right? But convinced myself that this cancer is a blessing, that this is something that I got to go through, um, that this was this was somehow something to be grateful for. And so I remain grateful for mm. that experience because it allows me to help other people, right? So a friend reached out to me because I write in my book about how to overcome challenges. And this was before cancer um, and, and how to have an ownership mindset. And one of the things I put in there is that you need to make this shift from being a victim, everything in life happening to you, to the mindset that everything in life happens for you. And when you have that strong belief that everything in life happens for you, even the really hard stuff, you start to look for ways to turn those challenges into opportunities. And so someone asked me, you know, now that you've been through a lot of this, do you really believe cancer happened for you? And I, I said, yes, I do. I believe it mm. happened for me for a couple of reasons. Number one, it gives me so much more empathy for others who are going through something like this, who are going through serious health challenges, right? Um, because I, I, luckily, I had been pretty healthy my whole life. Um, and number two, it gives me the power and ability to help other people who go through cancer and other similar challenges, whereas I couldn't necessarily help them before. And I really believe that any challenges we go through, disabilities we have, whether it's health, relationship, anything, that by getting through those things, that qualifies us, enables us to be able to help someone else who's going to go through the same challenge. And there are going to be plenty of other people who go through this. And I love when people see it that way. And so that's absolutely the way I see it. That's why I love sharing these stories of, of perseverance and making it through, especially cancer, because cancer affects millions and millions of people every year. Uh, and, and I want to share more of that and let people know that like you can get through it with the right mindset. You've got to own it. Be grateful for what you have. Be optimistic. Change your diet. Take care of your health. Um, you know, surround yourself with with loving family, and you can and will get through it. Mm. Well said, my man. Got to see the gratitude in the most challenging times. It's easy to be grateful when things are going smooth, but if you can be yeah. grateful in the moment of going through cancer, you're opening up some doors for yourself, man. Like the universe, God, whatever is you know testing you, and and to be able to have that mindset, to be able to be grateful in the moment for the lesson that you're learning is everything, man, is everything. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. That's so inspiring. And, you know, I really hope all you guys listening out there can take this message away and just really think about, you know, these challenges that we go through every day and, you know, that they're happening for us, not to us, not to be a victim, but like, what can we learn from them? And man, thank you so much, Andy, for coming on and sharing this brother. Where can we, where, if people want to check you out and learn more about you or, all of that, where's the best place? Well, Lance, thank you so much for having me and, and allowing me to share some of my story. I appreciate it. Um, the book is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. Uh, in the book, I talk about uh, the importance of having the right mindset, um, how to overcome challenges, uh, how to set yourself up for success in your career and your life. All that stuff is in there. Um, I also have some bonus resources on my website, including the three questions to ask anytime you face a big challenge. And uh, those are uh, in the book. They're uh, in the bonus materials as well. And they help me get through this cancer. Uh, and those are all at ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus, ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. And of course, I'm active on LinkedIn and Instagram, and I've got a couple of podcasts too. So look me up. Let me know you heard me on Lance's podcast and uh, love to connect. And thanks again for having me on. Man, thank you so much. And 
Yeah, we'll have all that in the show notes. Just to end off, I try to remember to ask everybody this, but not always. I, you know, you probably talked about and touched on it, but just for to end the the show with this question, if you had to think back with all the adversity that you've gone through and presently going through, what's the most valuable lesson adversity has taught you? There are a lot of lessons from adversity, but I think the most valuable lesson is that when you face challenges and everybody will, right, in all kinds of different ways, that they are opportunities for us to learn, they're opportunities for us to get stronger, they're opportunities for us to be grateful for what we already have and what we get to go through in life, and that life is about the journey, right? We always strive for these goals or these things we want to achieve or when I get this or when I get that, I'll be happy. No, life is about the journey. We can be happy now, even in the most terrible circumstances, if we choose to focus in on being grateful for the journey, learning from the experiences we have and being able to grow and get better. And what else is there? That's that's really all what it's all about is learning growth and, and happiness for me uh, when I think about success. And Facing challenges, facing adversity allows me to learn and grow and get stronger. And uh, so I embrace them. Mm, Well said, my man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, everybody.